0: Two, one, zero, all engines running,
1: lift off. we have a lift off. Hello everyone, welcome to another Lab News podcast. My name is Phil Prime, thanks very much for being here. Now it's a bit of a special episode this one. We're going to be talking about something that everyone in the science community should care deeply about. We're getting into the topic of professional development. Now, to my mind, at least, there's always been a bit of an awkward relationship between science and continuing professional development or CPD. Um, I think that's mainly because a lot of scientists, technicians, science professionals in general arrived where they are by coming through an academic route. So they're very highly educated. But of course, things can change very, very rapidly in science. And therefore, the skills you need to thrive in that environment will need to change as well. Now, back when I was a scientist, this kind of thing wasn't really spoken of at all. So I wanted to explore it for you to just demystify it a bit, to give you a way into it if you haven't already got one. So who best to speak to about such things? Well, professional societies, learned bodies, they're normally the best places to start. And so this being the Lab News podcast, only the best for you, I picked one of the most world-renowned professional bodies in the shape of the Royal Society of Chemistry. Now, I was lucky enough to speak to both Jessica Evans, who is a membership recruitment executive at the RSC, and Katie Dryden-Holt, who, among other things, concentrates on how best to give technicians specifically a route to both recognition and development. And of course, it's a really key topic, that one. So, so we'll get into that later. But first up, Jessica. And I began by asking her, what exactly is professional development?
2: professional development is really making sure that not only are your educational and learned skills up to up to scratch. And of course, we all spend a lot of time focusing on those. But it's also making sure that other areas of your professional working life are also being spotlighted as well. Now, this could be things like teamwork, communication, leadership, all those skills that are obviously crucial uh, to your ongoing development as part of this community. Um, but are uh, learned away from the lecture hit theatre or the laboratory. The technical side of learning that never stops um, and it's really important that it's a continuous process and that that accounts for for all these skills across the board you know be it you're an early career chemist or you're right up to you know kind of senior manager level and of course there's different skills to be learned at all career stages.
1: Yes that's right the learning of course should never stop and one of the main reasons for that is that people want to prepare and need to prepare for different situations
2: yeah you, you leave university, you leave your postgraduate degree, you leave uh, whatever course of study that might be and then of course you're required uh, to enter a situation where you're working with other people or you're taking control of a, a small group or a small team and you've never had experience of that and that's never been covered in the lecture course and suddenly there's all these new skills and areas of focus um, that you also might be being measured on say and you've never had the opportunity to not only study but develop in these areas. And I think it's really crucial um, that not only uh, organisations and companies support individuals, um, but that also that people know that their professional body, the Royal Society of Chemistry, is there to support them through uh, and to help them on this on this journey of development.
1: Yeah, I think that's one of the main things that I've come to realise that if you do want to develop yourself you don't have to do it on your own. Sure, it's your responsibility as an individual to better yourself and to professionally develop, but it's also your employer's responsibility to help you do that. So how would a professional body get involved at that level?
2: So we support individuals and groups, of course, and a lot of uh, the mechanisms that we have in place are for individuals, but we're also here to support companies and organisations so that they can really get to grassroots levels um, to support the people that are working for them. So we have our accredited company scheme that is available for chemistry and chemical sciences organisations. And this is where we really help implement the framework to help uh, companies to aid their employees
1: So if you are an employee and you're listening to this, then nudge your manager in the direction of the learned body. And if you're an employer and you're listening to this, then pull your finger out and find out what it is you can do to better your staff. Now, obviously, each learned body society has their own way of doing this. But to give us an idea of the kinds of things that are on offer and the way in which they can help, I asked Jess what it was specifically that the RSC can do.
2: Uh, We're really here to help and support uh, all those people who need to look and continuously work on their professional development um, and it's it's really crucial to say that uh, as the RSC uh, one of the main points of our Charter is to maintain and enhance professional standards and one of the key ways that we do that is by offering professional awards so we have our registered status and we have registered scientist and registered scientist technician and now these are more kind of early career focused awards so say if you're uh, actually a placement student uh, you're still you're still studying but you're, you're taking that year out um, within industry, or you're someone who's just finished their degree and you're really really looking to take those first steps, Uh, these awards are really tailored for those individuals at that particular career stage. And the way that it works is that there are some set attributes that cover uh, some of the skills and others that I mentioned earlier on, so things like communication, teamwork and appreciation for confidential material, It really uh, covers a whole spectrum of, of different attributes. And you work towards those, you fill in a form, you give evidence of those, and you achieve registered status at the end of that. And then moving on slightly we also have our flagship award so that's the Chartered Chemist Award and at this point you've got a few more years of experience under your belt uh, you need to be a member with us um, but this really is a, is, a, is a step up but it's a similar process there are a list of attributes again spanning all different areas of skill development and uh, crucially at this point you work with a mentor um, who really helps you along the process um, and there's a couple of routes if you are really at the more experienced end uh, you can just take a year to complete the process Um, and really at that point you've got all the evidence ready to go Um, it's just about collating that portfolio but more often than not people work through our professional development programme. And this gives you two years. And it's really with the understanding that at the start of the programme, you're, you're really just setting out on this on this journey of, of learning these new skills. Um, at the end of the two years, you've put together a portfolio with lots of great evidence of you really showing how you've developed over that time. And as I say, crucial, working with your mentor who can really help um, guide you through the process. It is obviously, of course, all down to the individual, but it's really crucial to, to get that working relationship in place.
1: So it's clear the RSC have a very robust and comprehensive program to help you develop in the way that you see fit. But one thing that I do think is important is some of the barriers that might stop people from engaging in any kind of CPD. I think one of the main ones is just simply the idea that if you're employed in a scientific role, you might imagine, perhaps mistakenly, that that's development enough. But really, it isn't, is it?
2: Your success within a work setting is, is absolutely crucial. Um, and we all need to be making sure that we're, we're hitting those targets and those objectives that we've been set by our work. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're, you're developing on a personal level. And if things, uh, especially kind of early career chemists, if you're looking at moving into kind of a management position, there may well not be any area of the work that you're doing that's actually helping you take those steps. So it's so important to really think and plan about taking those steps.
1: And like most things, there really is no time like the present. And in this case, I kind of mean that literally, it turns out lockdown learning may well be the way to make the best of a bad situation.
2: I think that is absolutely the case. And of course, this year is nothing like any of us had predicted and it does mean that unfortunately uh, we have seen of, of course some redundancies and some some downtime in work and um, but I think it really does mean that there has been a spotlight on professional development because with a slightly contracted jobs market potentially we we don't know how things are going to head it's going to be more crucial than ever that people can really highlight to their employers and any future employers that they're really committed to their professional development Um, and it's going to be so crucial that people can readily highlight the skills that they've nurtured and that they've developed over time and maybe people have a little more time to dedicate to these things it's, it's it's a just a really sad fact that you know lab time is going to be restricted for some people but what a great way to really you know take advantage of that time and and to get in touch with us and to hear about how they could put that time to best use
1: Absolutely. And we'll hear a little bit more from Jess in a moment about why it is that getting professionally accredited in this manner won't be nearly as hard as you think it is. But for now, time to turn our attention to technicians. Now over the last few years the science community has really upped its game in the way that we recognise and value these vital members of our laboratories. But if you are a technician or if you're an employer of technicians what are the main things you need to think about in terms of development? Well here I am chatting to Katie Dryden Holt so then uh, technicians let's talk technicians so you said you wear many hats what's the hat you wear for the RSC when it comes to technicians
0: I'm currently the vocational skills program manager for the RSC and part of that is I look after our technician commitment project and also I look after our um, some of the professional awards that we offer as well so particularly registered science technician and registered scientist um, which are fantastic because they enable us to offer recognition for the skills, the competencies um, and the impact that people in technical careers have in the workplace.
1: Um, generally they're seen as being undervalued or traditionally they have been undervalued. Um, do you think that that is the case and, and why, why do you think that is?
0: Um, There there certainly does seem to be what we hear from the community is that the community of of people in technical careers, they do feel as if they're undervalued. There seems to be perhaps a little bit of a perception among the wider community. And perhaps this is based on some of our experiences from when we were at school or perhaps when we've people who have worked in in sort of more scientific settings that technicians are perhaps um, simply there to help you know, they they are helpers who do as they're told. Um, the reality is, well, obviously, they do help. But the reality is actually that these are people with highly developed technical skills and knowledge um, that enable them to sort of play more of a facilitating role, um, as opposed to simply just doing as they're told.
1: You're absolutely right. There's so much more. I mean, mm. As a young PhD student, I just would have failed immediately if it weren't for the technical staff around me, who are the ones that often actually know how that lab runs and how to get a result from that bit of kit or whatever it might be.
0: Precisely. I think if you take um, perhaps somebody who looks after the NMR for a department, um, that person would generally be classified as a technician. But they have such a high level of skill and knowledge of how to use that instrument, how to get the best out of that instrument. um, and to kind of have them as simply just classified as a helper is a massive underselling of, of what they actually do. So it's it's really, really important that the the role that technicians play is valued and recognised so that they can get the recognition that they deserve. So as far as the
1: RSC are concerned, then, what are you guys doing to help that?
0: Um, so we um, have signed up as supporters of the technician commitment. Um, And through that, what we're doing is looking at ways to improve the landscape for technicians by trying to make them more visible, um, trying to facilitate better recognition of of the contribution that they have in in terms of chemical sciences, Um, also in terms of um, supporting their career progression um, and also in terms of sustainability of the profession. Um, and the RSC kind of has two approaches to the technician commitment, we don't directly employ technicians ourselves because we're a professional body. But what we do have is members throughout the chemical science community, many of whom are people in technical careers. Um, and so through people's membership, we can offer them access to various sort of support and, and services to help them with say for the sake of argument, career development. Um, But also as a professional body, we have a really fantastic working relationship on more of a corporate level with employers of technicians. So be that with universities, um, be that with further education colleges, or be that with private companies that are engaged in research or even um the day-to-day carrying out of sort of more public services so food analysis and things like that um, and we can support these employers to help again imp- sort of improve the landscape for their technicians
1: i'm tempted to think that that's the one that can make real change of course because you're not just in helping individuals with their own career path which is super important and you know a very valued service i'm sure but if you convince employers to value their technical staff and enable them to make changes, I, I would think that that's the one that's going to have a real impact. Um, how have you found the uptake for that? Do you find many of you know these larger institutions coming to you to help guide them?
0: Yeah, so the, the RSC has um, a really well-established programme of accreditation of um, company training schemes um, and we've been running that for a number of years. Traditionally, those accreditation schemes um, would map a staff development pathway or a staff recognition pathway against the requirements for chartered chemist status, which tends to be aimed at people working in perhaps slightly less technical roles maybe more sort of almost managerial roles Um, but what we're now seeing is more and more companies adding the registered science technician and registered scientist awards into their accreditation portfolio so they're now extending their accreditations to include their technical staff so there really is an appetite for this among the community which is really fantastic to see.
1: And so practically then, how does it work? Do you offer them, you know, a a selection of courses or is it just they have to show that they've done certain things in the course of their work?
0: precisely what what you just said it's it's recognition of what they're already doing on the whole Um, so in order to become either a registered science technician or a registered scientist there is a set of competencies that somebody needs to evidence Um, and the way that they do that is by completing a reflective application form so somebody against each competency just needs to give one clear example um, that demonstrates how they have for the sake of argument, um, applied their technical knowledge in a professional work-based setting. So they've taken some technical knowledge that they have and they've used it to solve a a professional problem. So that would be an example of of one competency they would have. For some people, there may be some competencies that they look at and they go, actually, with my role as it is at the moment, the kinds of things I'm doing, actually, I would struggle to to meet that competency or to, to evidence that. And what that is, is actually a really good development opportunity for that person. So they can then talk to their line manager, to their supervisor and go, look, I'm 95% of the way here towards becoming a registered scientist. But there's this one thing that I'm not currently doing and that's what I want to do. And that, you know, so it it creates a development framework as well as offering recognition for, for what people are already doing.
1: Well, in that example, then, for the, for the bit, let's say, the 5% they wanted to improve on, would they come to you or would they persuade their employer to help them? So
0: it, it really depends on what the competency that they were missing out on. Um, it really, really depends on what that is. Um, so one of the competencies to do with, with becoming professionally registered is actually to do with undertaking a professional development activity and implementing it in the workplace so for the sake of argument um, somebody may go on a course to learn more about a particular scientific technique an analytical technique or uh, it may be a course on you know how to improve health and safety in the workplace if you're working in a laboratory setting Um, now we've all been on courses where we have enjoyed the sandwiches but not really taken a lot else from it Um, the important thing with with this would be that somebody would need to go on a course and then they would need to learn something and they would need to implement it in the workplace and show the impact of that now these training opportunities may not be terribly easy for somebody to access depending on where they work so what that's one way that the rsc could help so we could um, so technicians are able to apply for funding from us to undertake professional development activities so we could help them to access the funding that they need to to go on the course to travel to the course um, if it was a longer term thing to, to pay for accommodation while they're there so that would help them learn the thing which they could then take back to work and implement, and and that would be their evidence for that competency. But the key thing with, with applying for professional registration is it's all about application of of knowledge and skills and and competencies in a professional setting so in the workplace
1: now a lot of this seems like it's aimed at perhaps in in industry and and companies um and it's always struck me that actually one of the places where technicians perhaps aren't recognized very well is in academia do you do you do you think that or have i have i misjudged that
0: it's it's difficult for me to say, having never been a technician and certainly never having been a technician in, in academia, um, I think there are perhaps some structural issues in different types of workplaces that have fed down to and, and turned into perhaps these issues of recognition. Um, perhaps in, in the academic setting, um, there is, it doesn't seem to be the trend so much that people would name a technician on a paper that they submitted, you know, they would go to great pains to make sure that everybody that contributed towards that work is, is acknowledged on the paper. And while some academics and some authors do do it, and while it is kind of included in a lot of publishing houses' um, guidelines to authors that they should name technical staff who supported the work, that might not always be happening. Um, And so that's sort of um, depriving people of recognition that they're owed, perhaps.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's absolutely right. And I think within academia as well, as a science student coming up, the development available to you is your academic pathway, it's exams Mm -hmm. and getting the next thing and getting the degree and getting the postdoc. At no point do you think oh right yeah i'm actually prefer the practical side of things so i should go down this pathway of technicians and i know that's changed um, or it's changing because vocational science right down to you know gcse level seems to be something that's become embedded now and i think i think that's a really good idea um so hopefully we'll see an uptick of technical staff because i guess the ultimate aim of all this is that there's going to be a shortage of them right
0: Yeah, so there was um, a report published a while ago, I think it was the Sainsbury report that identified this massive cliff edge that the UK is about to fall off in terms of technical provision and this was looking at at provision of technical skills across the whole um, landscape so not just the chemical sciences but across engineering um, and and other sort of technical professions and and career paths Um, and essentially, yeah, the the landscape of technical careers is is such that actually we're not seeing many people choosing a technical career path and we're not seeing many people staying in a technical career path um, a, an enormous proportion of the technical workforce is due to retire relatively soon and there's nobody coming up to replace them um, so there's going to be a massive loss of um that kind of uh, corporate memory i guess that you yeah. have when you have had a technician working yeah. in a role or in a lab um for a very long time they're going to be lost um, and we're going to be in a bit of a mess because of it um, so it's it's really important that there's initiatives like the technician commitment that try and improve the landscape and that encourage technicians to undertake outreach to sort of promote the career choice and to promote it as a rewarding and valuable career in its own right
1: and what's the best way for them is it they should check out the website and that's a good first port of call for these for people that think they should would be interested
0: If anybody is is thinking of applying for becoming a registered scientist or a registered science technician, um, they really should just get in touch with the RSC um, via registers at rsc.org. We have a team of people who support um, applicants through the application process, and that covers everything from making sure that you're applying for the right award for you, through to actually working with you on your draft of your application to recommend improvements to make it, you know, a really good application to go out for the assessors. Um, so you are supported with at sort of every step of the way. Um, don't want people to think that when they put in an application, it just kind of goes into a black hole and they hear from us six months later with, with the outcome. Um, it, we, you know, it's a very sort of personal interaction and we work with everybody sort of on a one-to-one basis to, to get them through the process.
1: So there we have it. Things are clearly changing in the way that we allow technicians to be valued, recognised and to develop themselves. And I couldn't be more for it. It's just brilliant. Okay, so before I let you go, there was something else that Jess said that I think could really strike a chord. And it concerns one of their members that went through one of their programmes. I think it just really shows that in terms of developing yourself, you're probably already doing many brilliant things. You just need to take the time to recognise it.
2: I'd really like to highlight one of our members, Laura Coward, who had some really great feedback for us, having completed her Chartered Chemist Awards in the last couple of years. Uh, She's someone who, as with lots of people, uh, she's a working mum, she'd taken her foot off the gas a little bit and she was looking then to push herself again as, as she rejoined the working world. And she really felt that the Chartered Chemist Award, having having met with some of us at a conference, uh, would really help her achieve that. And she said, looking at the scheme, I realised that I could tick off most of the required criteria and you can do it on the job, which she said was really perfect for her. Uh, She'd already done a lot to develop the department, So when she signed up for the scheme, she had every intention of pulling together her portfolio. But of course, life happens. There's other things that get in the way. Um, But she said that after speaking to the RSC team, they provided all the support to help her through that. And it really took the pressure off. And she said that the point that she achieved her CCHEM it's made me realise that I am good at what I do and my work is valuable. I just didn't have the self-belief. Sometimes it takes an outside perspective to fully realise what you're achieving. And I think so many people would say the same. You can, you can sometimes not realise the impact that you're having. And the Charter Chemist Award really gives you the opportunity to, st- to take a step back and to really realise uh, the, the work that you've been doing over a number of years. And what a great way to be recognised for that work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important that you all take some time to recognise how ace you all are, frankly. Right. So if you're a chemist or work in the chemical world in some form and you think the RSC could help you with your CPD, the best place to go is their website. So if you go to rsc.org forward slash members, then you'll find everything you need there. If you're not a chemist and you come from a different area of science, then your own professional body or society will undoubtedly be able to help you. So On that note, thanks very much to Jess and Katie from the RSC and I will speak to you next time.